VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And we do thank you for joining us today here on Crosstalk. Ladies and gentlemen, whenever a new year begins, it often becomes a launching pad to make a new beginning. New New Year's resolutions, many go through that process. They contemplate what's happened the past year, make some changes for the new. And yet many individuals are hindered due to feelings of guilt from the past. Perhaps you're listening today and you've been bogged down by a conscience that, that haunts you or even imprisons you. Well, according to our guest today, this is not how God intends for you to live. Your conscience was not created to hold you prisoner, but to guide you and to point you to freedom from guilt and bad habits. It's designed to tell you the truth so that you are not held in bondage to lies or to sin. And oh, the benefits of a clear conscience, which enables you to live in the present without being distracted either mentally or emotionally by your past. Joining us today, we welcome back to Crosstalk Dr. Erwin Lutzer, the pastor emeritus of the Moody Church, where he served as the senior pastor for some 36 years. He is the speaker on the radio programs of Running to Win and Songs in the Night carried through this network. He's a speaker and award-winning author on several books. Some of his titles uh, include The Cross and the Shadow of the Crescent, Life-Changing Bible Verses You Should Know, uh, We Will Not Be Silenced, No Reason to Hide, and one we're discussing today, The Power of a Clear Conscience. Dr. Lutzer, welcome back here to Crosstalk. So glad to be with you today again, Jim. God bless. Well, Dr. Lutzer, we're at the start of a brand new year, and the month of January is one in which uh, I I look at store flyers, and they put their organizers and shelving units and storage bins, uh, you know, all on uh, on sale, trying as people get a fresh start in organizing, out with the old and with the new. While it's easy to do this with these tangibles around us, it's really more of a challenge when we consider our internal self, our mind, our heart, and our conscience, is it not? And, you know, the most important part about us is the part that nobody sees. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. You and I know plenty of people who on the outside seem to have it all together, when in point of fact, inside they are dying of guilt, They're dying of uh, a sense of uh, depression. And so we're really talking about the most important part of us, namely the inside, the power of a clear conscience. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a clear conscience, you can sleep at night much better. If your conscience troubles you, that's another story. Uh, How do you define the conscience? Well, the conscience is, uh, you know, it's an internal... Um, creation of God that gives us a sense of right and wrong. Now, it is not infallible, because it has to do with your training, it has to do with your upbringing. Some people may feel guilty about um, doing something that they shouldn't feel guilty about. Paul talks about those kinds of things. But every human being has within them a conscience. Maybe it's like walking through security detectors at O'Hare. Some people's conscience are more finely tuned. They may even feel guilty about things they don't have to feel guilty about. Other people may have a seared conscience that the Bible talks about. But at the same time, everyone has a conscience. And that's why Paul says in Romans chapter 2 that the Gentiles who do not have the law will be judged by this internal sense of right and wrong. And all of them will prove, what all of us have proved, that we don't live up to what we know to be right. So in your book, you mentioned that the conscience is universal. Is that what you mean by that, that everybody has one? Exactly. And, you know, you may go into different cultures of the world, and many areas of ethics and uh, morality we may agree on, But there are some where there may be disagreements, but this much I know, everybody has within them that sense that says, "Uh uh-huh, you did something wrong, and you know it. Hmm. 
Dr. Litzer, uh, you also write that our conscience can be conditioned. How, how is that conscience conditioned? Well, once again, as I mentioned, it has to do with an upbringing. Let's suppose that you were born into a Muslim home and you were brought up that way. You might feel guilty going into a church. And you shouldn't feel guilty going into a church, but there may be something within you that tells you you shouldn't be here. We have probably on the line today many people who are listening who are of the Catholic faith. I remember having a very strict Catholic come into Moody Church. She was actually there for her daughter's wedding. And she said that she felt very condemned to be there. Now, I don't know what her upbringing was that would cause her to do that. Most people in the Catholic faith would not at all react that way. But I'm simply giving you an indication of how conscience can be conditioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, You also indicate that the conscience has tremendous power. Uh, Describe that power. Well, I have to tell you this, that if you're living with a load of guilt, imagine the psychic energy that people use day by day just to manage their guilt. They don't know where to park it. They don't know what to do with it. And I'm absolutely convinced that that's one of the reasons why people go into drugs. I think I have this story in the book about a man who was a chaplain visiting somebody in the hospital, and this person was on drugs, and the chaplain asked him, why is it that you do drugs? And the guy said, you ought to know the answer to that question. I feel so guilty because of what I've done, the emptiness of my life. I'm doing it to deaden the pain. Mm. So the conscience has a tremendous amount of power, And I wrote the book, The Power of a Clear Conscience. I'm just looking through the table of contents here as we talk. One of them has to do with why Lady Macbeth didn't have to commit suicide, because I talk about the grace of God. You remember in Shakespeare, Mm -hmm. she um, struggled with the fact that she had killed the king. I think that's what it was. (laughs) It's been such a long time since I've read that. But the point is that the most um, the most condemned person who's listening to us today, feeling that sense of condemnation, there's hope for them because they don't have to live with their very, very um, heavy, weighty conscience. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Dr. Erwin Lutzer with us today. We're discussing a book. He wrote it a few years ago, but it's great. has great uh, impact uh, here, especially as we start a new year or two, to do even house cleaning and the housekeeping of the, the heart, the, the soul, the power of a clear conscience. Um, let's bring sin into the picture. Doesn't sin cause the conscience to condemn us? Oh, exactly. Exactly, sin. And it may be other things, too, because, as I say, it's possible for us to feel guilty about things we shouldn't feel guilty about. But at the same time, that's why it is so important to have a clear conscience. I'm just reciting this now. I think it's in Hebrews chapter 9, where the writer says, If the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean purifies the flesh, how much more, and this is the text now, shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal covenant offered himself to God, cleanse your conscience. Well, cleanse the conscience of what? Cleanse the conscience of sin. Hmm. But one of the things we have to talk about, and I'm sure it's going to come up, and that is it's one thing to confess your sin before God, but it's also another, and much more difficult, to clear your conscience against others. And that's a very critical component for a clear conscience, is it not? Yeah, the Bible says regarding the Apostle Paul, he said, I have a conscience free of offense before God and before others. So there's two aspects to dealing with getting a clear conscience. One is before God. One is in relationship to others. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So um, you write in your book that our conscience can be damaged. That damage happens from sin itself. Um, Other ways that our conscience can be damaged? Yes. You know, I'm thinking of something else since you asked the question. I've also written a book on Hitler. You may be aware of Mm. that, Hitler's Cross, uh, Germany. It's still in print. And um, one of the things that Hitler and his men knew they had to do is to take German boys and deaden their conscience. And the way you deaden their conscience is you get them to do something outrageously evil, Maybe it begins by just wantonly killing an animal, killing a dog, for no reason except to find out what it's like to kill them. It may also involve the killing of a person. Hitler had many people like that. And once you do that, after that, anything else you do doesn't really touch your conscience because your conscience is soiled It is already soiled, and anything that you do after that probably isn't going to be any worse than what you've already done, and so you begin to live with this cauterized conscience. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think the King James says they have their consciences as seared with a hot iron. In other words, they become sociopaths, which means they can destroy others, and at that point, their conscience might not bother them at all. Can a damaged conscience be healed? Yes, but there has to be a sense of acknowledgement. And you know, one of the chapters in this book, by the way, that is that is very interesting, in my opinion, has to do with living with an impossible person, mm-hmm. and it has to do with narcissism. And so... A narcissist is someone who finds it almost impossible to admit to anything wrong. They would rather blame others. They twist the truth. So if you're talking about healing a conscience, you have to begin with a whole thing of truth. And by the way, when I preached a message entitled, Living with an Impossible Person, my media team tells me that they receive an awful lot of requests for that particular uh, message because it so rings a bell. A narcissist is a person who judges everything that happens around them with two questions. How does this make me look and how does this make me feel? And that's the basis, and they have to be the center of everything the bride at every wedding, the corpse at every funeral, and the baby at every christening. Everything has to circulate around them. And oftentimes, their conscience is cauterized, but for them to admit it is very difficult. Friends, we're going to come back uh, after the break here and talk further. The Power of a Clear Conscience will also be telling you how you can obtain a copy of this book, which is being featured as one of the books of the month at our VCY bookstore. But a powerful message and uh, one that uh, is going to help us uh, to live a life of victory in Christ Jesus. The Power of a Clear Conscience discussion continues right after this break. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, what kind of life lives in the deep ocean? Chris, we're just now beginning to explore the deep ocean. Recently, a very exotic form of life was discovered around seafloor vents, where superheated water bubbles out from the interior of the earth into the cold oceans. There's no light down there, but submarines have discovered much life around these vents. Evolutionists are quick to point out that this must be the kind of life that was the original life billions of years ago, but not so fast. Recent research projects have shown that these pods of life around the seafloor vents are not old in any sense. They may be only a few thousand years old, not billions as required by evolution. And they certainly didn't spring to life from non-living chemicals. If it's living, God created it, and he did so back in Genesis. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT. 
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Dr. Erwin Lutzer is with us here today on the broadcast, Pastor Emeritus of the Moody Church in Chicago, a speaker on Running to Win, Songs in the Night, and uh, certainly has uh, been featured on uh, Moody Church Hour and uh, other broadcasts, but uh, so glad to have him with us on Crosstalk today discussing the power of a clear conscience. And while I'm talking, let me just mention that uh, we're looking forward to having Dr. Lutzer in the Milwaukee area coming up for our radio rally taking place on Saturday, March the 18th at the Waukesha Expo. And uh, that event will be getting underway at 6 p.m. Central Time. And uh, we're looking forward to having Dr. Lutzer with us for that event. More on that here as, uh, as time moves on. But uh, also, I want to mention that Dr. Lutzer's book, The Power of a Clear Conscience, is being featured this month at our VCY bookstore. Uh, the publisher retails this book at thirteen ninety nine, And through January 31st, our bookstore is offering this book at half off, $6.99 plus any applicable tax or shipping. And uh, friends, it's, they've lowered the price to allow you to get multiple copies uh, for you to get to share with others, to help others in need, uh, and as one for yourself as well. It's available at vcy.com, vcy.com, or by calling one 722 Dr. Lutzer, as you finish the very first chapter in your book, you write this. You say your past is not the final word. Why is this so important to grasp? Well, just consider the people who are listening to us this afternoon. Consider the sin, the mistakes, the one decision that they made that had ramifications that they could have never predicted. Consider the fact that all of us have a past. Of course, many people's past is not nearly as serious as... um, other people's past. But at the same time, the simple fact is that the past can oftentimes control the future. And there are some people listening, and they will experience that for the rest of their life. They perhaps made a very bad decision regarding their marriage, regarding relationships, and they have to live with some of the consequences. But my point is You can finally bring that to God and be cleansed and live with a clear conscience. Let me give you the best example that comes to mind, and that is David. You remember, he committed adultery and murder. He had to live with the consequences, and the consequences were devastating. I mean, he had four sons that were judged as a result of his sin. He lost all moral authority within his family. But yet in Psalm 51, what did he say? Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. Cleanse me, wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. But notice that. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Now, is it possible for David to still have joy as he looked around and saw the devastation that his sin had caused? The answer is yes. And there are people listening to us this afternoon who have a lot of mess that they have created. But if they repent of that, do whatever they can to straighten it up, but there's much that can't be straightened up, they can still have the joy of their salvation. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean when I say that, you know, the past doesn't have to have the last word. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm not sure about you, but for me, there are times I make honest mistakes, and there are times in which guilt is felt from those honest mistakes. Should we bear guilt in such times? Well, not necessarily, uh, but we will. Mm-hmm. I, I think I may use this illustration in the book of a mother standing at a street corner, and her little daughter looks up and says, Mommy can I cross the street? And she thoughtlessly says yes, and a car comes and hits the little one and kills her. Hmm. Now that mother is going to take that to her grave. Is she to condemn herself? Strictly speaking, not. She certainly didn't intend that. We all make mistakes. We all say stupid things. We 
make decisions that we haven't thought through. And certainly she did that. But um, the point to be made is that she doesn't need to live that way. But will there be a certain sense of condemnation? Yes. But she has to take that to the foot of the cross, too, because she can also live with joy. Let me give you one other illustration that comes in my, to mind, and I think I use it in the book. My parents knew someone, a woman who convinced her husband to go to a concert one night. He didn't want to go, but she did, so he gave in. That night, they were in an accident, mm-hmm. and he was killed. Her life was spared. For 14 years, that woman went to the grave every single day bemoaning the fact that her husband was dead because of her decision. That is not of God. Yeah, yeah. God doesn't want people to live that way. She didn't know that this was going to happen. All of us have convinced our mates to go places where they didn't want to go and en route. We could have had a tragic accident. And so people live with a lot of condemnation that is not really condemnation from God. You indicate also in The Power of a Clear Conscience that the most powerful kind of undeserved shame is a shame carried by victims of sexual exploitation, of which we know has been rampant in our society. Could you comment on that issue? Yeah, I think the title of the chapter is um, It's Not All Your Fault. In other words, look at Tamar in the Old Testament. She was, of course, sexually violated by Absalom. Look at the guilt that she felt for the rest of her life. In fact, if I remember the scripture correctly, I think it indicates that she never married even. She went back and forth basically the rest of her life bemoaning her impurity. That wasn't her fault. So the point again to be made is simply this, that there are people listening here today who feel a sense of shame and a sense of guilt who shouldn't. But when you have been violated and you feel impure, then after that, even though it isn't your fault, you oftentimes feel that it is. And that's where a lot of shame is false shame. You should not be ashamed of that. There are some things you certainly should be ashamed about, but not that kind of shame. And so it is that um, this is the world in which we live. So people need to know that there is deliverance, as we emphasized before the last break. They need to know that their past is not the last mm-hmm. word. Yeah, indeed, indeed. You've got an interesting chapter, too, called uh, The Voice of God or the Voice of the of uh, the Devil. That One, to make that distinction, is critically important. And, and here's why I made that distinction. There are many people today feeling guilty, thinking that the guilt is from God, and it may be from the devil, who accuses us day and night. And the question is, how do we distinguish it? And the answer is simply this, that uh, in all of its simplicity, although I expound on this in the book and discuss the ramifications, the devil accuses us for sins that have already been forgiven. The Holy Spirit may convict us of sins that we've committed that we haven't confessed. But once they have been confessed, once we have taken back the ground that we have given to the devil in our confession and in our honest repentance, once that happens, then the sin is gone and God's not the one who's condemning us. Satan is. Let me give you an example. I remember a woman who told me that she was involved in sexual sin when she was a teenager. Now she was an older woman. I mean, we're talking in her 50s and 60s. And she said, I still feel guilty and feel so condemned over what I did in my past. And I said, well, did you confess your sin? And here's a very interesting line. I've confessed it a thousand times. Mm. That's not of God. That's of the devil. 
So that's why I wrote that chapter, to help people to distinguish Satan's work and condemnation and God's sense of conviction. And we have to distinguish the two or we'll go on the rest of our life confessing sin that has already been forgiven, Mm -hmm. thinking the conviction is from God when it's not. Dr. Erwin Lutzer with us today here on Crosstalk, and I'm confident that there are those listening right now who face, they're facing issues that have placed such a, a heavy guilt load on them, and some mistakenly believe that suicide is the only way out, suicide is the only answer. You address the matter of suicide in your book. Uh, could you comment on that issue? Well, suicide happens because of depression. I remember somebody who attempted suicide who told me it was like um, entering into a long tunnel, totally dark, totally hopeless. Oftentimes these kinds of people are driven also because of guilt, things that have happened in their life, things that they have done. And I know that it's easy for us who've never been there to give advice, and so I do so hesitantly. But what we have to do is to help them to step back and realize this. Feelings are not facts. You may feel forgotten by God. You may feel abandoned by God. But feelings are not facts. And what you have to do is to step back and realize that you are valuable. To commit suicide is to put a period where there should be a comma. You would find, for example, I'm thinking of a man right now, actually, who tried to commit suicide. He was a worker in a church, and um, thankfully he was prevented from it. His family found him, gave him help. But what a tragedy if he had been successful. Yes. Because this is 10 or 15 years ago, and he's still living, and he has children, I don't know if I should tell this or not, but it shows you what a pastor gets into. I was in the hospital ministering to him after he attempted it. And uh, while I was there, his little six-year-old daughter came running into the room. Daddy, Daddy, I hear you're sick, Daddy. Hmm. Imagine that little six-year-old if her father was no more. Yeah, yeah. And then not only that, when she grows older and finds out what the real cause of his death was, living with the sense of condemnation, maybe the sense of um, almost a curse, my dad did this. Thankfully, he didn't. He's still living today. That girl has grown up now, and she still has a daddy. So if there's anybody out there who's thinking about that, Don't go there. Don't go there. Dr. Lutzer with us here today in Crosstalk. A quick break. I've got a few more questions before we open phone lines, uh, but friends, we trust that uh, you're receiving benefit uh, from this discussion here today and uh, that uh, we're just scratching the surface. There is so much material in this book dealing with this issue, The Power of a Clear Conscience. More information right after the break. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. The rise of fentanyl overdose deaths is skyrocketing and has been the leading cause of death in adults ages 18 to 45. Street drugs have been laced with it, creating new lines of counterfeit pills. Fentanyl is 50 times stronger than heroin and 100 times stronger than morphine. Sadly, many looking for their next high are experimenting with fentanyl and losing their life as a result. Addressing the issue from a biblical perspective is Mark Shaw founder of the Addiction Connection. In his 33-page booklet, Fentanyl, Mark examines many topics including pain management, what God says about drugs, why people are overdosing, and hope and answers from God's perspective. He addresses issues of the heart which lead many to addiction. The booklet, Fentanyl, is available for a donation of $6 or three copies for $15. Call VCY at 1-800-729-9829.
listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Dr. Erwin Lutzer with us today, The Power of a Clear Conscience. And uh, the subtitle, Let God Free You from Your Past. And perhaps there have been things that have been plaguing you and holding you down. Uh, This is just an ideal book for you, or no doubt you're ministering to somebody who has been plagued by the past and and, uh, needing to just have that the power of a clear conscience. Uh, We are making the book available, our bookstore, matter of fact, featuring it this month as a book of the month. Uh, and uh, normally retails at $13.99. They've reduced it by 50% uh, off. They've worked out an arrangement with the publisher offering it for just $6.99 plus any applicable tax or shipping. It's at a price that uh, we trust it'll help you to enable you to get multiple copies uh, available at vcy.com, vcy.com, or calling our bookstore at one 722 There is much in here, and uh, we will just delve into a little bit further. Dr. Lutzer, you indicate in your book three important truths that point the way to deliverance from unconquered sin, and that's another area is unconquered sin. And those three points you give are know thyself, knowing the scheme of Satan, and knowing God. Tell us about that. I think the bottom line, Jim, when it comes to sin that is unconquered, is that God wants to work in our hearts that we love him more than we love our sin. And that, of course, is a process, but it's also a time of repentance. And I would say this to the person out there who repents and then does the same sin and repents again, it would really be best for you to join a small group where there is some kind of accountability and to pray with others, because there's no doubt that Satan wants to keep us in that kind of bondage. You know, when the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we should take the shield of faith whereby we are able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, in those days, shields were beveled. That is to say that they were linked together so that you had one soldier linked to the other via their shields. When the soldiers went to war, it was as if a wall was moving against the enemy because they were all connected. And I'm convinced that God does not allow us to win all of our battles alone. He wants us to be connected He wants us to make sure that we know that we have to be dependent upon the body of Christ Mm -hmm. in addition to being dependent on him. You cover so many issues in your book, and I'd like to just look for a moment at chapter 9, which is entitled Forever Forgiven. This is a concept that many find difficult to accept. Why is this point so important to realize? Well, I think that that's based on Romans chapter 8, where it says there is no condemnation, and then some of my favorite verses, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. Hmm. What need to do is to understand that God graciously has accepted us in Christ, And that's why we don't have to live under condemnation. Now, that being said, the reason that that's so difficult for us to accept is that we have to sin. I mean, I I shouldn't say that. Let me correct that. We sin. I'm not saying we have to. But we have to confess our sins. That's what I meant to say. So many people think that they fall out of favor with God in favor with God, vacillating back and forth all the time. What we need to do is to recognize that our position in Christ is totally secure. That stays the same. But yes, we do have to confess our sins because that's the discipline that God keeps us to in order that we might be with him in fellowship. Let me give you an example. We have three daughters, and those three daughters are ours forever. They're married now, but they're still our three daughters, obviously. And um, But yet, the point is that when they did something wrong, 
they had to ask forgiveness, but the thing that they did wrong did not change their status as our daughters. And my point is that once you believed in Jesus Christ, your status as a son or a daughter is perfectly secure. You have to confess your sins. Yes, God puts us through discipline. We have to repent. But the point is that there's a basic security that we have in Christ that gives us the strength and the um, capacity to keep moving forward and not give up hope and remember who we are in Christ. Hmm. Dr. Lutzer, you're well familiar with the culture and things that are happening. You've addressed that in some of your your other books, and we've interviewed you on that. Uh, We will not be silenced, no reason to hide, and, and so forth. But uh, knowing this culture that surrounds us, all the issues that are going on, is it truly possible to have a clear conscience? Oh, yes, I think so. I certainly do think it's possible to have a clear conscience. I mean, wouldn't God want us to have a clear conscience? Mm -hmm. A clear conscience in the Scripture is connected with joy. So... If we don't have a clear conscience, we can't be joyful. You'll never find someone whose conscience condemns them to be joyful. And what does the Bible say in 1 John? If our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. The impression clearly is that our consciences, if they are condemned, really give us no joy and our faith really is very limited. Friends, we're talking about the book, The Power of a Clear Conscience. And if you have a question on this topic today, we're opening our phone lines. Our number is 1-800-733-9829. 1-800-733-9829. Dr. Lutzer, after each chapter, at the end of each chapter, you provide for the reader a biblical passage to ponder and also some probing questions to consider. You're really seeking to get to the heart of the reader, are you not? I think so, and uh, of course that's my goal, but I'm saying that uh, whether or not that goal is realized is going to depend upon every person's diligence in terms of making sure that they follow through. You know, I'm thinking, for example, of Saul. I was uh, talking to somebody about King Saul, and the Bible says five times Saul repented. He even said one time, I have played the fool, I have erred exceedingly. But whenever the repentance was over, Saul always went back to his former lifestyle, and he actually ends up dying a suicide. I know that he gets an Amalekite to help him. And why is it? Well, the answer is half-hearted repentance isn't really repentance at all. What Saul should have done is recognize that the problem in his heart was much deeper than he perceived it to be. Could he still have had a clear conscience at some point along the way? Yes. Did he? No. So achieving a clear conscience has to be done by God. But of course, we are the ones who have to come to him to deal honestly with the issues in our life. Right now, as we're talking, Psalm 139 comes to me, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the everlasting path. I can't help but think that this afternoon there might be many who have listened, who are listening right now, who've never really prayed that prayer in honesty, Hmm. that they really want to be searched. Another quote is coming to mind. Goethe, who was one of the fathers of the Enlightenment in Germany, he once said, only God knows who I am, and may he preserve me from finding out. (laughs) Well, that is, of course, the words of an unbeliever. If people are believers today, and I'm sure that that's true of the majority of the people who are listening, they ought to spend time in God's presence, open their lives to him, and say, Lord, 
show me whatever. And if you do, by your grace, I'll be obedient to what you show me. Wow. Dr. Lutzer with us today. Our phone lines are packed. We're going to begin with Barry in Tennessee. Hi, Barry, you're on the air. Yes, you know, this is such a great topic because there's so many people that walk around with, with they feel condemnation. At. But, you know, God's Word says that when we are truly in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation, just like the brother was saying. You know, and but, you know, when we're not, if we're not walking right with God, we're going to have conviction and condemnation. You know, we have to remind ourselves, too, that, you know, when we've asked Christ to come in our heart and to forgive us, you know, when the devil tries to come around and bring that stuff to us and that, we have to remind him that God said that he cast all of our sins and stuff into the sea of his forgetfulness to remember no more. We have to remind ourselves, that is no more, devil. That is no more. And and uh, we just have to remind ourselves, just yeah. like the brother was saying, it is such a good topic because there's so many people walking around in depression and discouragement because they think that they're not saved and they're trying to do all they can do and they cannot do it in themselves. But God has cast it into the sea of his forgetfulness when we've asked him truly to forgive us and turn from our wicked ways. Thank you, Barry, for that. And yes, forever forgiven. Any comment there to the caller, Doctor? Well, except to say that he quoted the passage of Scripture that says that God takes our sins and casts them into the depths of the sea. And we could add, he puts up a sign saying, no fishing. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Thank you for the caller. Uh, we have an anonymous caller. Go ahead, caller. You're on the air. Yes, I might didn't uh, get your whole broadcast of this, on this show, but you might have covered this already. But what is, do you say to a person that um, has had an abortion many years ago and um, has asked God for forgiveness and truly, truly is sorry for what they they um, they have done and can't get over that horrible hollowness of that abortion. And I, I think it is part of the conscience. You just can't get over it. I mean, I don't you know, know what to say other than that. Okay. Good All right. Well, actually, we talked about that at the beginning of the program, and that kind of condemnation comes from the devil and not from God. Because if sin has been cleansed and forgiven, God's not the one who's constantly reminding you of it and constantly keeping you in bondage about it. But, you know, the memories are going to be there. I remember talking to a woman who had an abortion. She said, whenever I'm shopping, if I see a child that would be the age of my little boy, she said, it's just as if this wave of guilt goes over me. I understand that, but at the same time, that's not where God wants her to live. The greatest crime that was ever committed was when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was nailed to the cross. And the people who did that, some of them did believe and were saved. So let's not, uh, if God says we are forgiven, let's not contradict God and say, well, you say that I'm forgiven, but my standards are higher than yours, and I can't forgive myself. Thank you for the call. We're going to be back in just one minute. Dr. Lutzer with us today. The Power of a Clear Conscience. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. On January 10th, 2023, the White House website and the website of the Canadian government and Justin Trudeau announced that indeed the three leaders from Canada, America, and Mexico met. And what are they discussing? Well, according to their own January 10th, 2023 press release, they're merging America, Mexico, and Canada, the North American Union. In fact, it was called a North American Declaration. I was interviewing Phyllis Schlafly about this 20-plus years ago. Many of us were talking about it. We were called, well, conspiracy theorists. Well, here it is. And the Republicans under George W. Bush were working on this, and now so is the Biden administration. Will this fit with Bible prophecy, the world divided into ten regions with ten kings who give their power to the beast? Stay tuned.
friends, there is so much material in this book and biblical truth presented in The Power of a Clear Conscience, a book by Dr. Erwin Lutzer. Let God free you from your past, and I'm confident it's going to be a book that will not only be a help to you, but as you minister to others as well. Uh, and simply, as, as Scripture talks about, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, uh, as we go through times of, of, of struggle and trial, uh, that the same comfort that we get, we can administer to others. It's like uh, putting a tool in your toolbox that you utilize to to fix a problem, and, and uh, somebody else has that same problem. You go in your toolbox, get that tool out to help and minister to them as well. Uh, the, the VCY Bookstore is uh, reduced this by 50% through January 31, 2023. Uh, 50% off, just $6.99 plus any applicable tax or shipping. You can reach out to the bookstore at vcy.com, vcy.com, or calling one 4829 Holding the longest has been, uh, let's see, this is uh, Paul in Boise. You're on the air. Yes. Uh, thank you very much for for uh, having Dr. Lutzer on, and, and this is a, a very powerful topic. Uh, there are actually, my understanding, uh, three competing views of the conscience of work in the world today, but the biblical view, which looks at good and evil, and the uh, modern psychology view, which, you know, Freud said uh, that the superego was a villain because it made people feel bad. I have a question about the legal view of the conscience, because case law seems to be very sectarian. If you're not an Amishman or a Quaker or a Mennonite or something uh, sectarian, they don't want to recognize your conscience. And we're coming up on a point in our country where people are going to be persecuted for what they believe. How should we handle that as far as... um, conscience is concerned, uh, and people are already doing that, mm-hmm. but not providing services for same-sex marriage. Thank you, Paul. Like that. Thank you for the question. Dr. Lutzer. Yeah, it's a matter of conscience. We could also, in that context, use the word conviction. About a year and a half ago, I met uh, Baronel uh, Sutzman, and uh, she was the one whose flower shop would not make an arrangement for a same-sex couple. And she was sued by the state of Washington, and then uh, it went from there uh, to the appellate court and so forth, and eventually the Supreme Court of the United States did not hear the case. So she has totally lost everything, and she's too old to begin again. She told us that she was 76. She's a grandmother. But here's the point that needs to be made. We're living at a time when faithfulness to Christ is going to cost us something, and we're not used to that because we're living in a country where there was freedom, a country where the government generally was on our side in terms of promoting values. But those days are gone. So I could give you instance after instance where people have either lost their jobs or whatever, Let me give you one. A teacher here in Chicago was told that if he didn't uh, celebrate same-sex marriage, he could lose his job. Well, it wasn't enough, he said, to simply tolerate it. Now, to this point, I think he hasn't lost his job yet, but could he? Yes. So people are going to have to make some very tough decisions. But here's the thing. You cannot violate your conscience. One other example, and that is, what if you're a teacher in a school or you work in a business where Bert was brought up as a boy, he comes to work, and now he's Bernice? Well, I think you can call him Bernice because names aren't gendered, but you can't call him a she. He has his truth, you have your truth, you're supposed to respect his truth, but he should also respect yours because you cannot lie. I give that example of how we have to keep our consciences clear. Paul, thank you. We've got many callers lined up. Anne in Alabama, you're on the air. Yes, my question is that I, um, when someone commits a sin, like a divorce or whatever, uh, what I'm asking is, does the Lord, like they did to David, you know, put the sins on his 
children. Does the Lord still do that kind of thing now? I'm, I'm suffering a lot of guilt from a divorce that happened, you know, 40 years ago, and my children, my boys are not married, and they long to be, but... Hmm. We'll have Dr. Lutz here address that, Ann. Thank you for the call. Uh, Doctor, we have two you minutes left, tell Dr. your boys, and everybody should know, that no matter what the sins of the fathers were, the point is there's forgiveness and cleansing, and God always gives people a new beginning. That passage has been misinterpreted. It's not as if God lays the sins of the fathers upon the children. In fact, it says in Ezekiel that God doesn't do that. But sometimes there are natural consequences of a father whose sins are passed along to the children. Why? Because it says, of them who hate me. So if you have a father who is hateful to God, and children are hateful to God, that's where the connection happens. But if your children are not hateful to God, if they are willing to give themselves to God, the sin that you committed or your husband committed does not need to plague them. They stand on their own in Christ. Thank you so much for the call here, and uh, in that we're less than a minute left, we're not able to get any more calls, and today we apologize to those holding. Dr. Lutz, though, uh, take the last half minute, 45 seconds. What, what would you like to leave with the listeners on this topic? I would like to leave this uh, thought, that when Jesus died on the cross, he had your sin in mind. He knows exactly what you're doing. You've not surprised him. You've not shocked him. And he is ready to meet you, and it'll depend upon your honesty, your confession, your yieldedness, because as we have emphasized in this show, your past does not have to control your future. Amen. Amen. And friends, so much more is written in the book, The Power of a Clear Conscience. Again, it's uh, half off right now at the VCY Bookstore through January 31 at uh, vcy.com or one 4829 And uh, again, folks, just a reminder, those of you in southeast Wisconsin, Dr. Lutzer, coming to the area here March the 18th for a VCY rally. Looking forward to that. And to uh, those affiliate stations at Desire, we'll be broadcasting that over the network as well. Dr. Lutzer, thank you for carving out the time to join us today. Thank you, and God bless. Mm-hmm. Dr. Erwin Lutzer with us today. Friends, it's important to have a conscience void of offense toward God and toward man. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.